Welcome to the Sharp Side Podcast. I'm your host, Chaz Prada, and with me to break down, what's this, James? Week 11? It's week 11, sounds, right? sounds about right. Yeah, yeah who cares? Um, we're going to call it week 11 and the college football season, and we've got some more money-making opportunities for, for you guys, our listeners. Um, real quick, I'm going to get this out of the way now. Um, college basketball has started. We... Uh, a great little three no start. We hit a little, was it like a plus three eighty dog or something like that, James? Plus three fifty, yes. Plus three fifty. Um, that was fun. That 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 was our Citadel. I feel like I was betting their overs and all the college spots last year. But um that yes, you were. Yeah. Um so go follow our Twitter at the sharp side pod um to get all of our picks uh from there. Should be uh it's, this is I think in terms of like our Twitter, this is just the best time to follow us just because that's where most of our college basketball stuff is uh released so um just a little heads up there um i know i'm really excited for the season and i i imagine james is too but um so go give us a follow uh week 11 we are coming very close to uh college football playoff i'm james really quick just is anyone beating georgia from what I've seen so far, no. I thought Ohio State was like a legit contender, but after watching their defensive performances the last two weeks and just kind of them struggling against teams that aren't as good as I thought, quite frankly, I just don't see it. And then Bama, obviously, they've had their struggles too. Um, they were just not impressed at all last week against LSU. They continue to have issues on both sides of the ball, and I just think if you're going to beat Georgia, you need to be fully ready on both sides. Yeah, um, I think – I think Bama leads the nation in like yak yards or something. And that is not, that's great. It shows that their receivers are great with the ball in their hands, but don't necessarily think that is a, a real great measure of success, especially when um, like you just need receivers to break off runs to uh, create plays for you. Yeah. Um, and then finally, I think every Heisman candidate had a relatively bad game and call me crazy, but I think Caleb Williams gained, gained from that last week. I, I actually – I know he hasn't played many games, but I do kind of think he's alive to win it, especially if he shows out over the next couple of weeks. What do you think What do you think about that? Completely agree. I think if they get to the Big 12, Big 12 championship and win it and finish the year undefeated, I think he actually might have closed as a favorite. I mean, all there's no, like, standout candidate right now. Like, you could look at Bryce Young, Matt Crowell, these types of guys, but nobody's putting up just video game stats like we've seen in the years past. Like, usually at this point, there's, like, a solidified – Two, like three top candidates. two, top three. Yeah. But there's like six. Yeah, six, and nobody's nobody's really like put that foot down. Like you could say it was Kenneth Walker last week, and then or two weeks ago, I guess. Then last week they lose on the road, and and he like he I, fumbled, and he did. Yeah. Like it's not that he was bad. Like he still completely impacted the game, but wasn't necessarily his best self. Um, yeah. I know. I I did. I bet Caleb Williams a couple weeks ago, so like I feel pretty good about that, but um. I, I think he's like clearly the best player in college football right now. Now I will get to that later, but um, I know I think it's something to re, uh, keep in mind. And at plus six hundred, I'm not really. He's I don't I'm not sure that's completely bettable just based on the amount of games he's played. But I don't know. It's I don't like I don't believe Bryce Young should be plus one seventy five or two to one, whatever he is, and everyone else seems seems just to be losing. So I. That is a very confusing market to me at the moment. 
but yeah. we're trying to get you out of here quickly, James. Um, so let's hit the, I, we got three games, just there. I think they're top 25 games of the three, but probably the three most interesting games of the week too. Um, we'll start with the big 10 where Michigan is headed, headed to Penn state. Penn state is getting a point total at 48 and a half James. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah. I lean Michigan in the under here. I just, I, I see kind of a similar game playing out as what I thought was going to happen in Michigan to Michigan state, kind of a defensive stalemate. Um, I think Michigan's better on Penn state and can do more things offensively, which is why I lean that way. But the reason I'm not betting it now is because Michigan's now a favorite. I'm missing out on the best of the number here. And it's just, it's tough to uh, trust Harbaugh on the road, especially against a raked opponent. So I'll pass this game, but I lean to Michigan. Yeah. Um, I, I just kind of think Michigan sucks and I've been so impressed with Penn state's defense overall this year. And I think giving Sean Clifford like a little week to kind of get healthier. I think we might see good Penn state this week. Um, I think I would like to see Penn state lose just because I've got their, I'd like to cash their win total ticket. But as of now, I lean, um, lean towards Penn state. I think they just kind of get it done at home. And I still do think that we're kind of past all the James Franklin rumors and stuff. So I don't really feel like that's going to be hovering like a dark cloud over the uh, the team. Um, I think this could be a little bit of like a get right spot in a, a big game for Penn State here. So that's just where I'm leaning right there. No, no action really for me. Um, to the I'm going to skip Oklahoma Baylor because I'm going to talk about that in a second. But um, Texas A&M and the SEC is they're traveling. They're going to Ole Miss, right? Yes. All right, and Ole Miss is actually a home dog, plus two and a half, total at 56 and a half. Um, that feels like a low total. I did not really. That's what I said. Um, well, I see we have a little bit of agreement there. Um, lay out the case for the uh, the over. I mean, I've never seen an Ole Miss total in the Lane Kiffin <laughs> yeah, era below exactly. 60. Well, I, mean, I feel like they've been an over machine recently, ever since Bama, or excuse me, under. Uh, they have, yes, and that's kind of why it's not a bet for me. Like that Auburn game, we've seen them kind of struggle against good defenses, and Texas A&M does have an elite defense. Um, in terms of a side here, I'm actually really fascinated. I'll be rooting for Ole Miss uh, because I bet Texas A&M under nine and a half wins. I thought it was locked up like week five after they lost at home against Mississippi State. But They've been trucking. They have been a truck lately. Um, I'm just fascinated. I'm, I, I think the line is right about perfect here. I think Texas A&M is definitely better on neutral, just purely because of their defense and they can do enough offensively. Um, if Ole Miss can get some stops here, I think they're very live in this one. And the over is also very live in this one too, because I think they're going to score. Um, but this just this is probably a pass for me as well. Just wait and see. If it gets to three, I'll, I'll definitely consider Ole Miss more. Um, I really want to like Texas A&M here. They have like a Georgia light kind of feel to them where defense is low, absolutely loaded. And then, like just quarterback isn't great. I eh, Calzada, I think even calling him good might be a stretch, but the amount of skill talent they have is really, really, I it's really, I think only rivaled by um, Georgia and Bama. And um, I, so I do agree. They should be favored here, especially on the road. I, hmm, I'm going to have to think about the over more. I'll, here, how about this? I'll tweet it out. Go, another reason to follow us on Twitter. I'll tweet it out if I do end up uh, betting it or not. But 56 and a half for an AM offense that I think is is pretty solid against a horrible defense. I think they'll get points there. And 
Corral and Kiffin, you know they're going to find a way to put up like 28 points or something. So They got the trick play bag loaded. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, do you think first to 30 wins? Oh, I think there's a lot of volatility in this game, and I think we like could see something scoring, in the high 20. scoring, things of that nature. Yeah, I, I could totally see something in the 40s here. If that AM defense is out there long enough, I think it could get pretty loose at the end of the game. Maybe uh, like a couple long Isaiah Spiller runs, Matt Corral puts on a show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can get behind that. Um, hmm, would you say alternate overs, maybe? Yeah, I actually kind of like that angle. Oh, yeah. I Good. think if it goes I, over, I think it goes, it gets into the 60s, maybe even the 70s. So, all right. Actually, actually, I think I will bet a couple alternate overs on this game then. Um, all right. Uh, to the Big 12. This is also, um, I will get to anchor, but um, this is my first favorite play. Um, I've got it. Uh, my number one play is in this Oklahoma Baylor game, but Baylor is getting five and a half. Total is at 63 and a half, and um, they're hosting Oklahoma. Um, Right before we hit record, you said that total feels a little high. Uh, kind of talk about that. Why, why do you feel this way, James? I just don't trust Oklahoma's offense just yet. I was on their team total two weeks ago, but I mean, you laid out the case for it before this. So, I mean, my points where I was just, it feels like a huge game and you come out maybe a little conservative or you have a high scoring first half. And then in the second half, the defense has really come to play or you just, you tighten up a little bit, especially on the road here. Um, but, I mean, you can lay out your case here, but the Baylor defense has been shaky, especially against dual-threat quarterbacks. Um, yeah, so my favorite play of the week is Oklahoma uh, team total, over 34-and-a-half. Um, just going back <coughs> the last three weeks, they, um, Jaron Hall had a great uh, – for BYU, had a great day uh, running the football. Um, I forget who they played the week after, but um, – then just last week, Chandler Morris, I think it was his first start for TCU. He came in and he was running around like a madman. And now you're going up against who I think is the best player in college football. And he should be able to do a lot of damage, at least pick up a couple of uh, like long rushing touchdowns um, in this game. I think that we're about to see Lincoln Riley kind of hit his, hit his stride offensively. Um, and I'm, I'm going to get out ahead of this now just um, before they play like the first like legitimate defense that they actually go up against. This is the best offense in college football. Um, their skill position players are healthy. Um, freshman Mario Williams is an absolute beast. He reminds me a lot of um, um, Jalen Waddle. And um, I think the offensive line has improved a bit. I think kind of going up against weaker competition was kind of a good little tune up. Um, now, Caleb Williams has not played um, a good defense yet. In fact, he's only played bad defenses. But I do think we we see him have kind of similar success now than he did um, uh, to just the last couple of weeks. And Baylor, their their defense is in a bad spot. They just allowed what I say five hundred eighty yard total yards last week. Five hundred thirty yards. Yeah, some over um, five hundred. It was I, it was like I don't know the five thirty five eighty range. I forget, but um. It was, and it was in a variety of ways. It was long drives, um, you know, explosive plays. And that was on top of with the refs um, having money on Baylor minus five and a half or six, whatever it was, where TCU got dinged for probably eight or nine uh, offensive penalties, some of which were shaky at best. But um, that's my number one play. Bef before we get into the rest of um, 
your, our listeners, money-making opportunities this Saturday. Actually, I think there's one for this Thursday too. Um, just a very quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. All right. Thank you to Anchor. Okay, James, your number one play. I believe you're a game and a half up on me. I, need, I got some work to do. Sounds about but, right. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to come back in NFL, too. Just, just you wait. And fantasy, right. too. Um, never, okay. <laughs> now <we're pushing> <laughs> Our, your number one play is it's Thursday, right? It's not Friday? Yeah, it's Thursday game. Thursday Alrighty. night football. North Carolina <laughs> is getting seven whole points traveling to uh, Pittsburgh. The total is seven, well, don't tell me. 70, okay. 73. Go total is 73, so high total. Um, off, of, off a big win, I believe it's their homecoming game. And just, I mean, you can call it an upset, but they are favored in the game, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, make the case for North Carolina plus seven. Yeah, you mentioned it. It's not the best spot in the world, but I just think seven points is too many here. So go back and look at the series history. The last seven years that they've been in the same conference, every single matchup they've had has been within seven points either either way. Um, and I think Pitt's been really good this year. Like They've definitely surpassed my expectations, probably even yours, and you're much higher on them than me going into the year. But seven's just too much here. I mean, Pitt's been a world beater against bad teams. And, yes, North Carolina has underperformed this year, but getting a whole touchdown here is huge. And I think that could really come into play. Sam Howell has really turned on the last four or five games. He started out a little slow, along with the rest of North Carolina offense, but they've really picked it up. Um, and I just – I don't see any stops in this game. Like, total is 73 for a reason here, but his defense has been bad. UNC's defense has been atrocious for the usual, but I honestly think the first team to get a stop here wins. And getting a whole touchdown here is extremely important to me. Now that it's on seven, uh, if it's six and a half, I like it a little less, but getting a full seven, I really like it. Yeah, um, I don't know. I this is coming from, I mean, preseason the biggest North Carolina football fan west of the Mississippi, but um, yeah, I their defense has just been in a world of hurt. That I mean, they they are way healthier at uh, corner, which is good, and like they have their two two stud corners back, and that's certainly helped last week, especially towards the end of the game. But um, just I'm passing here. I think Pitt is still has truck qualities and I do think their defense is actually pretty good. So um, I do worry about, I worry about Pitt just kind of getting margin here and their offense, not giving North Carolina opportunities to, um, you know, kind of find the back door. So um, I'm passing, but good luck with your plus seven. Um, your second favorite play. Uh, ooh, this is gross, but we're going to the SEC. <laughs> where Missouri is traveling to South Carolina, and you bet an over of 55. Yes, sir. I like the over here because Missouri's defense is the equivalent of Swiss cheese. <laughs> they have one of the worst defenses in the country, and South Carolina has been one of the worst offenses I've seen. Um, but last week they really showed me something in Florida. There's a lot of rumors going around about, like, what's going on behind the scenes at Florida, and are they really invested in, like, players who are playing with the flu, which somehow you can play with the flu but not COVID. Um, a lot of stuff surrounding Florida, but I was really impressed by what South Carolina did to them. They thoroughly dismantled them. Uh, they moved the ball really efficiently. They, they had over 300 yards of offense in the first half, and I see that continuing here. I mean, Missouri has gone into the 60-point totals every week. 
except for when they played AM and Georgia, two elite defenses. And South Carolina is far from lead on defense or on offense, but I think South Carolina can do enough offensively, and Missouri runs at a fast enough clip that there should just be points plenty here. I think 55 is a little too low. I'd play this up another couple points. I I don't have enough here to really disagree. Um, I think Connor Bazelak, it was back in practice, so that is good. I do believe he's still questionable, though. Um, if he plays, I'm going to bet the over because I agree. And I do think – I mean, he's actually one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. Yes. So, like, that's just going to be a huge boost to that over. Um, and honestly, you, there might be just uh, – it's the total might be a little deflated just because he hasn't really played much recently. So, I, I do think it's a pretty good buy point. And Missouri's defense is so bad. So Horrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm on board. Um, my second favorite play, we're going to the American where Tulane is getting three, hosting Tulsa. And essentially, I don't think Tulsa should be laying points on the road to anyone. Um, offensively, they are inept. And I think we're getting a little value on Tulane, especially getting a field goal because their starting quarterback and best player on the team, Michael Pratt, has been out with a concussion. Um, he came back last week. And really, the whole season has just been them battling um, against teams, except Ole Miss trucked them. But um, I mean, like we saw it against Oklahoma where they were making plays on defense, making plays on offense and just and it's happened all year. And ultimately, they've just fallen short. Um, I think Pratt is going to be a major difference maker. And I especially like um, the things he said this week. So they still have not gotten a win against an FBS opponent. But uh, Pratt was interviewed uh, yesterday and he was talking about how. Um, like these games the rest of the year, they're confidence builders for next year. And they're already out of um, a bowl. So you might argue, well, they don't have a whole lot to play for. But um, I think Pratt is, uh, he might be a true freshman, but it's clear he has talent and it's clear that he has, um, you know, he has kind of confidence that they can get something rolling towards next year. So I do like Tulane um, and they're actually the most explosive offense in the American too. So it's not like they're a complete bad team. Um, my next favorite play, Troy getting seven, hosting uh, Louisiana. I'm also betting them on the money line as well. Um, and honestly, the Raging Cajuns have just been fraudulent all year. Week one, they got absolutely dominated by Texas. That's not looking outstanding now. They should have lost to FCS team Nichols State. Um, Nichols State was 77, had 77% post-game win expectancy. Um, week four, they beat George Southern. Georgia Southern had 84% post-game win expectancy. Um, the, I think week five, they played South Alabama. It was a two-point win, and they were outgained by 100 yards and won the turnover margin and a bunch of things like that just over and over again where they win the game, probably should have lost. And um, I think that a dominant win over App State is propping this number up. So I, I think this game should be Troy plus two and a half. I don't even think they should be getting three here. And um, so I think there's just ridiculous value on the seven. Um, James, anything here? I love it. No, you made an excellent case. And I think the fact that Louisiana is ranked really adds some value to this. I think people see that and they just auto bet it based on the ranking. All right. Um, I, I honestly, I, I think this is third, but this is one of my more confident plays of the week. Um, yeah. Or fourth, whatever it is. Uh, James, we're going to the ACC, and you like Boston College getting to on the road at Georgia Tech. Uh, make the case. You laid it out for me before. You said Georgia Tech is one of the best, one of the greatest horrible teams ever, and they're just they're simply not a good football team. The fact that they're favored here is because Jerkovich was injured for four games, 
He's played in five games this year, and in those games, Boston College is 5-0. and The four he hasn't played, they've just been a shell of themselves, and I think they average 13 points per game in the games he doesn't play. Um, so he's a huge difference maker. And another week, he get healthier after they played Friday. Uh, they went a little conservative against uh, Virginia Tech, but I don't think they'll do the whole back here. Jerkovich looked good in that. I'm sure he'll look good this week as well. Uh, I think, too, is just disrespectful. BC should be favored, playing on the money line. My fourth play is Notre Dame minus five and a half on the road. I am laying the road chalk here. Notre Dame has won 37 in a row as a favorite, 39 in a row against unranked teams. Um, then that includes home and road. Uh, and five and a half is accounting for Armstrong if he plays. Right now he's day-to-day after a rib injury at BYU. Um, if he doesn't play, this line is going to jump. I think Notre Dame is an excellent parlay piece here. Uh, if you want to play him on the money line, time with something else. But Virginia's defense just can't stop the run. And Notre Dame, yes, it hasn't been as dominant as in years past with the ground game, but Virginia's not going to get any stops here. I like Notre Dame minus five and a half. Can you hear the train? No, I mean, I heard it for a second, but I can't hear it now. Okay, well, let's just stop the horn. Um, go ahead and – ah, dang it. <laughs> I hate this thing. All right, the train interrupted us, but we're back. Uh, James has to get out of here, so he's going to get to his fifth and final play of this podcast really quick. Um, that's Georgia, Tennessee, and you, my friend, like the over. Really, fading Georgia's defense? I am. I don't think they've seen a passing game or an explosive offense like Tennessee's all year. It is scary playing it over for Georgia games. I mean, that defense suffocates you. They get a lead and they sit on it. Um, but I think Tennessee can be competitive here. And you brought up right before we started talking, uh, there is a little uncertainty right now regarding one of Georgia's linebackers who just got arrested for, I believe, a rape case. Um, and I hate to say it this way, but a defender being out, especially with the, of his quality, does help the over. Um and then on the other side, Tennessee's defense has not been great all year. Uh, we saw Kentucky run all over them last week, and Kentucky's far from lead offensively. I just think any total right now in the 50s is too well for Tennessee. Too many possessions, at least too many points, not enough stops in this game. I think Tennessee can keep with the numbers well, but full game play, I like the over. Yeah, um, you're not going to get uh, much disagreement with me. But um, anything else to add? Any other bets that uh, you've been ma- thinking about making? Um, yes. Uh, before I go, I kind of like Miami minus two and a half. If you, if especially if Mackenzie Milton is playing, I don't know if that lines. Jordan Travis is practicing. Okay, so he probably it's probably Jordan Travis at that point. I don't like it as much. Um, I like Purdue and I in Ohio State over, and that was my last bet. I also really like that a lot too. Um, you're good to go, though, my friend. I've got two plays right. left. Um, good luck, everyone. I'll. I'll be back for the NFL pod in about an hour and a half. Yeah, that's right. Um, And he's gone. Okay, two left. One, we're going to Maryland, Michigan State. Uh, My play in Maryland, Michigan State, I'm betting a team total over 24 and a half for Maryland. And this really just – it's centered around Michigan State's pass defense just – being it's so it's second the worst in the big 10 and passing defense success rate and maryland actually has the ninth best um passing success rate in the country and um i do think that they're gonna be able to move the ball fairly easily um i do have worries about um their ability to finish drives but i think that we've kind of seen michigan state get into shootouts recently and it's because they were just picked apart by 
Um, one was, I still don't really know how Michigan lost that game, but if they just kept Cade McNamara in the whole time, I think they win. Um, so that was, that was part of it. Cade McNamara had probably his best week or best game all year. And then last week we watched Purdue just shred them. And I think we're going to see a little bit, bit of the same thing too here with Maryland. Um, I'm not going to bet Maryland plus 13 because their defense is that bad. Um, and finally, it's I think Michigan State's kind of been overrated this whole all, like, all year. They're finally playing better competition, and we're seeing their defense get exposed a little bit. Um, while I do hate – or I'm, while I'm not going to play Maryland plus 13, I do think they are will be live in this game. So that's just something to keep in, uh, keep in mind here. Finally, um, final place – Arizona State minus five and a half. I to start. I think ASU is a really talented and confusing team, and this is a bet on talent and a fade of disarray. Um, we know ASU can run the ball. That's how you beat Washington. That's at least how you score points. We saw that with Oregon last week. I think with no real pressure to. Um, pass the ball. I think we'll see Jaden Daniels um, succeed a little bit. And once the running game gets going, I think they're watching as and while their coverage is really good, their secondary is outstanding, probably the best in Pac-12. Um, I think ACU is just going to be too much to handle on the ground. Um, and then finally, Jimmy Lake suspended for uh, this game, which is not good. Offensive coordinator fired. And now both quarterbacks are splitting first team reps in practice. Um, the backup is clearly better. If Dylan Morris does indeed, or I mean, I can't say for sure if the backup's better, but I do think Dylan Morris is nothing more than a below average game manager. And if he does start this game, I am going to bet this game a whole lot more because I think I'll be able to find a great middle once um, if he does get benched and same keyword does come in. So that's just kind of where I'm at for that game. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, I'm I've I've struggled a little bit the past couple of weeks, so I do need to turn it around just a touch. Um, that being said, it's money making season. We're hitting November. College basketball is beginning. Um, ooh, I can I can smell bowl season coming. I can smell conference championship week coming, and I I think that's where. I know James and I have had some pretty phenomenal December's and January's, so very much looking forward to that. Um, stay on the lookout for more college basketball stuff. Unfortunately, it's looking like Pacific is getting absolutely worked right now. So that's a bummer, but, um, Hey, long games, still 30 minutes of ball left for the sharp side podcast. Thank you all for listening. Um, go rate, review and subscribe on Apple podcasts. But once again, thank you all. And I will see you guys for the NFL, or I guess you will, you will hear me for the NFL podcast in a bit. Thanks guys. Let's go win some money.